brother writes us an article titled Good News for Pilgrims. He says, here is good news for weary, heavy-hearted pilgrims from our homeland in heaven. Do you have heartaches and troubles that are too numerous to count? It will do you good to receive some good news from home. The Lord our God is still on His throne. Our Savior is still in heaven preparing a place for us, representing us, interceding for us. There are many in heaven just like us. And, and Don says, me already. <laughs> he is. <laughs> oh, there is a fallen David there. There is a doubting Thomas there. There's an angry Moses there. There's a feeble Philip there. An impetuous Peter there. And a righteous Lot there. All are there by grace alone. Through the merits of Christ's blood and righteousness. And soon... And soon, here's that message from home, and soon the Lord Jesus Christ will come again to take, to take you there. In John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3, we read these words, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Would you turn in your Bibles to the 43rd chapter of Isaiah this morning? Isaiah chapter 43. Some time ago I heard a Minister giving a message on death. And he finished his message in the form of an offer. The Lord has provided himself for your sins. If you'll just come down to the front of the church and pray this prayer with us. Those, that salvation is yours. If you'll just do this, it's an offer. The Lord is offering you salvation, won't you take it? You know, there's a lot of guys who say things like that. There's a lot of men who stand before people and talk about a God who's done all that he can There was even people who did that back in the days of Israel when the apostles walked this earth, when the Lord Jesus Christ walked this earth. They tried to say, well, yeah, Jesus, he, he paid for your sins on the cross. He died for your sins. Uh, but you got to get circumcised. They started bringing in the law, legalism. Others say you got to get baptized. Some say you got to worship on Saturdays or you're not saved, you know in order to receive God's offer 
And I emphasize that word that salvation is offered because I, I want to bring you to a point here in a moment. I got to tell you, I was quite offended. I was quite offended about the way he presented salvation because it took all the glory of our Savior out of our Savior's hand and put it in the hands of the individual. It's up to you. Well, if it's up to me, then wouldn't the glory be mine? Wouldn't it be, I found the Lord? Haven't you heard that? I, I came to Jesus. Wouldn't it be things like, I, I worship on Saturdays, I'm saved. I got baptized, I'm saved. You see, when you come before people and you offer salvation, when you tell them that it's an offering, that here it is, Here's this is what salvation is. Now it's up to you. You're not declaring salvation. You're declaring a possibility, are you not? Isn't, isn't that what that is? It's like, here it is, if you will do this. You know why there's a word if there? It's because with you and I, nothing is for sure, is it? I can trust some people with quite a bit. But I can't trust everybody or anybody with everything. I love my wife. I trust her with everything I have that I could come up with on this. <coughs> but I can only trust her so far. Why? Because she's a sinner as I am. As we all are. She can't trust me any more than that either. Why? Because I'm a sinner, just as we all are. To declare salvation as something offered is to declare it as a possibility. If you do this, or if you do that, or like, maybe accept it, or like, maybe reject it. see any assurance in that at all. Especially knowing this guy that stands before you personally. I have no assurance that what I'm going to do is right at all. If I had some assurance that I was going to do things right, then I, I could go about doing whatever I wanted in life and not have to worry about nothing. But I have to worry about a lot because I know I do a lot of things wrong. I know that I can mess things up really quick, real easy. See everybody smiling. You know, I think you all feel the same way, don't you? Can there be any assurance in an offer? Can anyone have hope in something of a possibility or a maybe? Some of us looked into scriptures before the Lord called us out of darkness and they thought they saw a Jesus of their own imagination, maybe, one, one who fit their need. And they may have thought they saw some kind of assurance, but folks, it wasn't until the Lord called me out of darkness that I could grab a hold of something and say, I am sure about that. I know that if God 
had called me like these other people say he did, I'd have no assurance in that because it relies on me. But the God of scriptures calls with an effectual call. Amen. He grabs a hold of his people. Just like he did with Paul on the road to... Um, uh, yeah, that one. He blinded him. He grabbed a hold of him. Shook him. The glory of God blinded that man to everything else. <laughs> That's the way the God of Scripture works. If I listened to what these other men who stood in the pulpit said, I would have absolutely no assurance at all. I'd be one. It doesn't surprise me. I know somebody who's been baptized five times. Why? I asked them, why? Why would you get, because I needed to be baptized. I'm, I, I keep falling down. Folks, they know that. I know that. But my Lord, he's never fallen down for me. I don't need to be baptized more than once. Baptism is nothing more than a declaration of who my Savior is. I am baptized in Him through the Holy Spirit. When I look into Scriptures, I see assurance. I see facts, not maybes, not possibilities. I see shalls, I see musts, I see assurances. Look with me, if you would, here at Isaiah 43, beginning at verse 1. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not. Fear not. For I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. We're talking about maybes. I don't hear any maybes yet. Let's keep going. When thou passest through the waters... I will be with thee. Still no news. Let's keep going. And through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. And just to prove what he's saying, he says, I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee. Since thou wast precious in my sight, he says, thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore will I give men for thee and people for thy life. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Every one even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory, I have formed him, yea, I have made him. Now I'd like you to turn over to the first chapter of Mark, if you will. <coughs> Mark chapter 1. My title this morning, Salvation Offered, Salvation Declared. I just have to stop for a moment and bask in sweetness to see you this morning, young lady. My title this morning is Salvation Offered, Salvation Declared. God is not offering salvation to anyone. 
To say that salvation is offered is to give authority to the receiver. It is to give the power to the one that is being that it is being offered to, relinquishing the power from one from the one who saves. If a man can make him king, then who has the power? Have you ever heard that? Won't you make Jesus your king? Scripture says he's king already. Scripture says he don't need you to call him king. He is king. <laughs> I like that statement that I just read. That's actually, I, I took that from Kevin Thacker down in San Diego. I think he got it from somebody else. But if a man can make him king, then who has the power? Yet all power in heaven and earth and even under the earth belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. He shall be called Jesus, for he shall, not might, not maybe, but shall save his people. The Lord Jesus Christ has all power, for he is the creator of all that is. He is the Alpha and the Omega of everything. All things are of him, through him, and for him. When we speak of our Savior, we speak of him who has all authority. His word is true. You want something true in this world? You want something with real authority? This, God's Word. Our Lord speaks, and it is so. Look at verse 14 through 20 of Mark chapter 1. Now after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came to Gal into Galilee and preached the gospel of the kingdom of God. And saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Now as he was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. Did he ask these men? Was that a question? Did I misread that? Let me read that again. And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. Our Lord wasn't offering. He said, come. You know, when the Lord said, come to uh, uh, Lazarus, do you think Lazarus sat there in that grave for a few minutes and thought about it? Uh, I'm not sure. Can I, can I come next week, Lord? I got football going on right now. Can I come next week? There's a motorcycle group riding the Harleys this weekend. Can I go with that instead and just come next week? No. Our God comes with power. All power. And he said, come. He said, come to, I will make you to become fishers of men. And straight away, notice that? Notice verse 18, and straight away. There wasn't any hesitation. They forsook their nets and followed him. Some guy walking by the seashore. Now we know he wasn't a good looking man. He was kind of comely looking. The Lord was not something to be looked on and desired is what the scripture says. Yet these men left all that they knew and followed him because the power of God spoke to their heart. And that's exactly what happens to all of God's people. It didn't come in an offer. God wasn't offering himself to me as I sat there in that pew. He grabbed a hold of me. He said, you're mine. He said, you're mine, Polly Mary. You will be with him in heaven. 
all of his children will. What we just read, does it sound like an offer? Does it sound like a possibility? That's God's word, folks. That's not John Reeves. That's his word we just read. If you declare a lie that robs my God of his glory, it offends me. I take offense. I have a loved one. I don't know where they stand with the Lord. I, I, I hope and pray that they stand in the same place I do, in the power and the presence and the righteousness of our Lord and Savior, but I don't know for sure. And they've declared they want their service, their final service, to be in a church of goats. I'm, i I got to be honest with you folks. I stand before you puzzled not knowing what I want to do there. I, I don't know that I want to go into that church of goats. I mean, to be quite honest with you, services are for the dead, or for the living, not the dead. I guess I, I guess I probably should go out of respect, but I just don't know that I want to. I know what I'm going to hear when I'm there, and I'm not going to hear about the power of God. It offends me. Look at verses 21 and 22 of Mark chapter 1. And they went into Capernaum, and straight away on the Sabbath day he entered into the synagogue and taught. Listen to these words, folks. Listen to the words of Mark describing our Lord and our Savior. And they were astonished. The people of the synagogue were astonished at his, at our Lord's, at God in the flesh's doctrine, his teaching. For he taught them as one that had authority. That's the same word as all power. Authority. He taught them as one that had all had authority and not as the scribes. You know what the scribes are doing? The scribes are standing up there saying, well, if you do this, you can be saved. The Lord says, believe in me and you shall be saved. His word is the word of authority. As we read back in Isaiah. In fact, you know what? Go back to Isaiah for just a moment if you would. This time I want to look at a couple of verses over in chapter 44. Isaiah chapter 44. We saw over in, verse, in, in chapter 43, the Lord has told his people, You are mine. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. And then he goes on and he says, when you go through all the stuff that you're going to go through in this valley of the shadow of death, remember this, for I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. He tells us, he reminds us that we're going to come to the table of remembrance in a little bit to remember what our Lord has done for us as we go through this valley of ups and downs. Look at verse Look at verses 1 through 8 of Isaiah 44. Yet now hear, O Jacob... Remember the word Jacob. God changed his name to Israel. Speaking to the people of God, my servant and Israel whom I have chosen. Thus saith the Lord that made thee and formed thee from the womb which will help thee. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and thou Jerusalem whom I have chosen. For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. 
I will pour my spirit upon thy seed and my blessings upon thine offspring. And they shall spring up as among the grass, as willows by the water courses. One shall say, I am the Lord's, and another shall say himself by the name of Jacob, and another shall subscribe with his hand unto the Lord and surname himself by the name of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last. And besides me, there is no God. And who as I shall call and shall declare it and set it in order for me, since I have appointed the ancient, peop the ancient people and the things that are coming and shall come, let them show unto them, for fear ye not, neither be afraid. Have I not told you from the time that I was, and have declared it? Ye are even my witnesses. Is there a God beside me? Yea, there is no God. I know not any. The scriptures declare in the book of Jonah, salvation is of the Lord. The glory is his and his alone. We, the recipients of his love, the recipients of his mercy, the recipients of his grace are called with a holy calling. A call of authority. We are called to see we are washed in the blood with power to cleanse a lost sinner. The blood of God himself. We read in scripture in the book of John, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me. It doesn't say that they might. It says they shall come to me. All that the Father giveth me. When God reveals his son and one of his chosen saints, we don't speak of something offered. There is no assurance in an offer. We declare salvation done. We declare it finished. It's complete. It's perfect in our Lord and Savior. It's in him, Christ Jesus our Lord, that we declare. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste. Jesus, or plus, I read that wrong. No, I printed it wrong. Scripture tells us that we are saved by grace through faith. If salvation is an offer, then it cannot be of grace, could it? Grace is unmerited favor. It's yours without merit. If you could choose it, it would no longer be grace. This is the love that God has for his people. Listen to Leviticus 20, verse 24. I, the Lord your God, which have separated you from the people. Consider this. Israel is a picture of the church, is it not? Did not the Lord lead Israel down into Egypt? And then after the Pharaoh that was kind to the kind to uh, Jacob's children died. Another one came along who was mean and, and uh, of the world and he turned them into uh, the slaves. They were in slavery for 400 years. I don't know about you, but if somebody came in here today and took us as, as slaves, I'd be trying to get out of that all along. If it was my decision, I'd be walking away from it that very day. If it was my decision, I wouldn't even allow it to happen. But it's not my decision. Do you think Israel made a decision to stay there for 400 years? They cried out unto the Lord, deliver us from this. Which is what we do to our sin. Lord, deliver us from our sin. 
You say, John, why is it so important that you make this point between offer and declaration? Turn over to John chapter 10 with me, if you would. To say that you have power over the king is to say that your king does not rule. To say that you have the authority to choose or not to choose is the same as a thief, one who steals the glory of God, a robber. Those who hear and follow that religion are on the road to damnation. It kills. There is no life in it. Are you with me in John chapter 10? Look at verses 7 through 18. Then said Jesus unto them, Again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. Woo! That's wonderful, isn't it? Isn't that wonderful? The sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. He that is an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them and scatter the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is an hireling and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also must I, I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one prophet. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Let's consider one last thing, if you would. Do scriptures offer? Can you find an offer in the scriptures? They most certainly do. Absolutely. It says in the, in the Old Testament, if you follow my statutes, that's a pretty good offer right there. It says in several places of the Old Testament that, and it also says things like this, if you follow my commandments. Scriptures do make an offer, don't they? Yes. Absolutely. The Scriptures offer much. If the Word of God offers something, and an offer... What did I write there? The scriptures offer much. If the Word of God offers something, and an offer has no assurance, then what assurance can be found in them? That's a good question. That's a really good question. To one who was once blind, let me try to answer that for you. To one who was once blind, thinking that I could 
or would accept and fulfill those statutes, thinking that I had it within me to fulfill those commandments. Now remember, I said to one who was once blind, thinking those things. One who has been called by the authority of the king. One who was once dead, but now has been given life to see how blind I truly was. We see that we could not do even one speck of any of that stuff, of any of those commandments, of any of those statutes. I can't do it. What hope have I got? I need a Savior. I need my Lord. Do you? We see that we could not even do one speck of what is offered, let alone do it perfectly. Does the Lord make offers? Absolutely. But we can't do it. You see, those offers require perfection. God requires perfection. He requires righteousness. He requires holiness. Anything less is to be destroyed and to be burned up. We must be holy, for God is holy. Why would God make an offer to someone who cannot accomplish it? Well, if we could not, cannot, and will not accept his offer in our natural state, then where is there any assurance? How is salvation declared? Turn to Romans chapter 9 if you would. Romans chapter 9. If God has made an offer, and we have been brought to see the truth of our depravity, if we have been brought to see the truth of our total, complete destitution, what we are before a thrice holy God, I know I can't I know I can't accept his offer. I know I can't accomplish what the Lord has put before me. Where is my hope? Where can I have hope, John? Look at verse 13. Romans chapter 9, verse 13. And as it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. What wait a minute. Jacob, have I loved? God loves some people. You know, I was telling our folks in the Bible study this morning, you know, Peter addresses in his second letter to them. There's two classes of people. And our God gives us those two classes right here as it is written, Jacob, have I loved, but Esau, have I hated. Where's our hope? God, Could God love me? Could God love this poor sinner who stands before you? Can I put some hope that God might love some? He says right there, He says I love somebody. Oh, 
Could the Lord, could the Lord love me? What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. There's no unrighteousness with Him. What God does is perfect in all things, folks. His wisdom is so far above what we can think. I don't care how smart you are. Our Lord's way smarter than you. That puts us all on the same level playing, level playing field, doesn't it? Shall we say then, is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. For he saith to Moses, Oh, listen, folks. You want to know where there's some hope? Here's hope. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all deserve the wrath of God. Yet God loves someone. I could be one of those someones. If he, if he loves me, he'll show me. I, I, I forget. I think I was talking with Brother Mike Flesher about this earlier, about family. Oh, how we wish our family knew the Lord as we do. But you know something? If he does... They will not go through that door marked death until he has called them out of darkness. Not one for whom God died for shall see hell. Not one. There are no empty seats in hell, or in heaven. For he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So that, and just in case you missed that, that it's all of him. Just in case you missed the words that we just read where it's all of him. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. He says this to, just to assure you. So then it is not. It is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God. Showeth mercy. Where is our hope? It's in the mercy and grace of our Lord and Savior Christ Jesus. That's His grace. That His grace would shine gloriously in the hearts of His chosen people. In John chapter 10, verse 27 through 28, we read these words. We read, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. And all for whom God chose in his Son, before the star, stars ever twinkled, he gives life to. He gives sight to. He gives ears to hear the word of his truth. He heals our sickness and we are perfected in Him. Isn't that what we read in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 12 through 14? But this man, speaking of our Lord and Savior, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, here's our hope, this man, this man, Jesus Christ the Lord, after he had offered one sacrifice, all those other sacrifices that were given in the Old Testament meant nothing more than pointing the people to the one sacrifice that would. It says very clearly in Hebrews, the blood of goats and sheep never satisfied the Lord. But the blood of Christ, the perfect blood of our Savior. Here's your hope. Here's your hope. Here's salvation declared that by the perfect blood of Jesus Christ, He shall save a people. Am I one of those? 
Do you hear his voice? If you hear audibly, you might want to have your ears checked. Do you hear his voice? The truth. All of it. I didn't say I had to understand it all, but do you hear it? This man, after he had offered one sacrifice forever, sat for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. From henceforth, expecting till his enemies be made his footstool, for by one offering he hath perfected. There's our hope. Looking to him. Paul says, I wish to know nothing of you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Why? Because that's the only way salvation can be for you. That's our hope of salvation. It's in Him, in His crucifixion, in His resurrection, sitting at the right hand of the Father right now, making intercession for us. Everything offered of God is rejected by natural man. And for the love He has for His people, His elect, every statute, every commandment, Everything needed for salvation has been fulfilled in His Son. That's what the Sabbath is. That's how He declares Himself to be the Sabbath. We rest in Him. Everything. It's in Him. Jeremiah 31.3, we read these words. Here's some hope. The Lord hath appeared unto, of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Well, if the Lord has loved me with an everlasting love, then I'm assured of heaven. That's right. That's right. You think you, you know, do you have doubts sometimes? Absolutely. David, after God's own heart, had doubts. Read the 22nd Psalm when you have a chance to. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? This is after he conquered Goliath. I don't know about you folks, but if I beat somebody as bad as he did Goliath, I would have walked around like this the rest of my life. See, you know, come on, miss with me. Do you have doubts? Absolutely. Our Lord allows us to have the doubts that we would take our eyes off of him so that he would turn our eyes back to him. In our weakness, he is made strong. Think about that. Apply that. Apply that to that thought of doubt that you may have in your own heart. He says, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. And then he says these words. Here's our assurance, folks. Here's our assurance. Therefore, with loving kindness, have I drawn thee. Why are you here this morning? Because the Lord has drawn you. Why did John come to this church the first time? Because the Lord drew me. Why did my wife come here five years later? Because the Lord drew her. We are drawn by Him. Because of His love for us. To see the depth of that love and grace in giving himself for us. Shining the light and the glory of our Savior in our hearts. 
What do we read in Ephesians? You know these words. I'll bet you some of you can close your eyes and read these words with me without ever looking at the book. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he has loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together. That means given us life. That means made alive. Together with Christ, by grace you are saved. But it doesn't stop there. It says, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Where's my assurance? It's in my Savior. That's where I sit in heavenly places, in Him. That in the ages to come, it says, the ages to come that He might show the exceeding riches of His grace. Oh, the one amazing grace. Isn't that what we're seeing? Isn't it amazing to you that God would be gracious to this poor sinner? But He is. <laughs> he is. Oh. Made us to sit together in heavenly places of Christ Jesus that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. For by grace you are saved through faith. And that not of yourselves it is a gift, not of works, which makes you boast. Now, folks, I'm not ashamed of that. I'm not ashamed to stand before you and tell you that I ran from God. And that if it wasn't for His grace, I'd still be running. But thankfully, the Lord loves people, some people. He loves Jacobs. He loves Jacobs. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. I declare unto you this morning, salvation is of the Lord and of him alone. Amen. Amen.